ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. So I have to be honest with you guys. I began to lose hope recently. And that's not easy to describe because I consider myself to be a beacon of hope. But to be honest, the news has been so challenging lately. So challenging. And I began to feel hopeless. And this is not a political podcast. But it is a podcast about women's happiness, women living on purpose. And if we lose hope, if we feel like there is nothing we can do, if we feel like we are helpless in our lives, we are the victim, then we cannot live on purpose. If you feel hopeless, you will not be happy. And so on today's episode, we are talking about how to regain hope no matter what. No matter if you have been abused, no matter if you have suffered fertility issues, no matter if you have a child who is ill, No matter what is going on in the political environment around you, you always can regain hope. You always can become the creator of your own life. And that's what we're going to talk about today on the Purpose Girl podcast. So the fact is that you're going to have crappy things happen in life. God knows I have. I have been honest with you that I have had two miscarriages. The last one just six months ago, and it left me feeling so hopeless that I actually said to my husband and to some dear friends, I don't want to be alive anymore. I just couldn't imagine a life without this baby that I had been wanting for the last couple of years. A dear friend of mine was abused, sexually abused as a child, has these memories of men, multiple men, older men coming up to her and touching her breasts. Another woman I know, her father abandoned her when she was two, and she has had trouble in every romantic relationship since. So crappy things are going to happen, right? You're going to lose a job. I mean, God forbid, but you or someone you love will. Or a child will get ill, or you will end up with some sort of illness. Every woman I know has been through so much, and that's what makes us freaking amazing warriors. We are still standing. We're still taking care of ourselves and the household and our jobs. Like, we're amazing. But when the crappy things happen, we have a couple of choices. We can curl up and hide drown ourselves in a lot of Ben and Jerry's, turn on Netflix, stay in bed, let it consume our lives for days, weeks, months, years. We can become shells of ourselves where we stop going out. We stop connecting. We just kind of give up. Or we can stand up. 
we can step into our true goddess warrior nature. We can use the science of women's happiness and we can move forward in purpose. If you're going to go for your dream and you lose hope, then you will stop trying altogether. If something happens and you lose hope, you will stop trying at life altogether. And I will not have that. Not on my watch. You are not going to end up in that situation on my watch. On my watch, you're going to remember how awesome you are. You're going to remember how strong you are. You're going to remember how courageous you are. You're going to remember all of the times when you have been resilient to life's challenges. And you're going to learn how to regain hope and the tools of optimism. And at the end of the show, I will give you tools, three purpose power tips that you can actually use to turn any situation right now from hopeless or helpless into positive action purpose forward. So let's talk a little bit about hope. I was giving a corporate workshop and asked everyone who was there, it was a sales team, what were they hoping for from our offsite together? And a woman raised her hand and she said, hope is just fluffy. You know, my grandmother always said, hope is useless. You need to have goals. Listen, I love goals. Love goals, right? Goals are specific, right? You say, I'm going to earn $50,000 by 2020 doing X, right? So you make a specific goal and they're wonderful and they help us stay on track and I love them. But there's no emotion to goals, right? They're, they're totally, completely in your mind. Hope, hope begins in your heart. And you begin with hope because as you are getting clear on what you hope for, then you can flip them into goals, hard and fast goals. So every single one of us has masculine and feminine in us. And the masculine is the very goal-oriented. I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. The feminine is the intuitive side of us. It's the heart side. It's the passion, the creativity side. And we need both to work together. So I asked the sales group, what are you hoping for? Because I wanted their heart into it. Were they hoping to connect more with each other? Were they hoping for new strategies to work together? I wanted the highest level of what they were hoping for. Hope actually is the igniter to all of your goals. So Hope Theory by the late C.R. Snyder, a a psychological researcher, said that hope gives you motivation and strategies towards your goals. So let's break this down a little bit, Hope Theory. When you have hope, even the tiniest ounce of hope, what happens there is that you have some agency, you have some motivation to actually realize whatever it is that you want to happen, to actually make a dream come true, to actually survive, to succeed. And when you have hope, your brain begins thinking of strategies and ideas to get there. And so hope is the great goal igniter. And I love this. It works the opposite. Because hope means that you have motivation and strategies, When you are hopeless, it means that you've given up. It means that you can't see a way out. 
And to be honest with you, when I was feeling hopeless recently about the news, that's how I was feeling. I was feeling like there is nothing I can do about this situation. Who am I? I'm just one citizen. I was feeling tired, so tired of the constant negative news. I was feeling beaten down, totally hopeless. The same after my second miscarriage. My brain couldn't think of strategies forward. Even though people would say to me, you can adopt. People would say to me, you can try IVF. Have you tried this lube? Have you tried this pill? Have you tried this supplement? My brain totally froze and felt hopeless, no strategies. And I was tired. My body was going through so many different changes. I didn't really want to be motivated at that time, to move forward. I wanted to kind of wallow and that's okay. I was in grieving process, right? There are many stages to grief and that was very normal. And I didn't stay there for very long, right? This is, this is gonna be part of the key. So it's okay to be in grief. It's okay to feel a moment of hopeless. It's okay to hit the Ben and Jerry's for a day or a week, a couple weeks. And then at some point, you're gonna go from being sad to clinically depressed, right? The not getting out of bed, the I don't wanna be here anymore, the there's nothing I can do about this feeling. Or if you're experiencing anger, you're gonna go from anger to rage and wanting to kind of take out everyone with you, right? So there's a, a moment when we switch into that hopelessness. And when you're hopeless, you're helpless. You feel like you can't do anything or go anywhere, but that's not true. The truth is that all you need is the tiniest bit, the tiniest bit of hope, the tiniest bit of belief, of vision, that something can be brighter, that the world can be brighter, that you can get another job, that there are other ways to be a parent or there are other ways to fulfill your life. You just need the tiniest bit of hope. And sometimes it's It comes from an outside source. One of my clients had a brain aneurysm and the doctors didn't have much hope for her prognosis. They told her that she would not be able to live the way that she had before. But she has a baby. He was around one when this happened. And so that baby, her child, her son, was her glimmer of hope gave her the tiniest bit of agency, of motivation. Actually, he gave her a lot of motivation. And so she sat in her hospital bed and every doctor or nurse who came in, she was bright, she was cheery, she was sunshiny. She talked about how she was going to recover fully. She held on to a vision of going to the beach with her baby boy, of taking him on trips, of mothering him in the same way that she would have beforehand. And that got her thinking of different strategies. That bit of hope led to some motivation, which led to her thinking of strategies and her fully engaging in the strategies that the doctors gave her, the various therapies, as well as working with me as a coach to regain her confidence, to regain her sense of purpose. And to really look at, why did I have this aneurysm? What is my higher purpose? What do I really want for my life? What is the gift I want to contribute? What is the legacy I want to leave for my child and for the world? 
right? This is how we turn pain into purpose. And it all begins with hope because hope is having that motivation and thinking of strategies toward your goals. Another client of mine came to me. She had lost her job. She got extremely sick, had to file bankruptcy. She felt like she had nothing left. But a friend of hers had heard me on air and referred her to me. And she felt like, she said to me, I have no hope. I'm totally hopeless. But she decided to work with me, which says, I said to her, nope, you can never say that to me again. You can never say to me again that you have no hope. You can never say to me again that you're hopeless. You can never say to me again that you're not doing anything to move forward. Because the minute you called me showed that you have a tiny bit of hope. The minute that you called me, the minute you decided to work with me shows that you actually believe that there is a better future, that there is a vision for your life. And so we actually had a good laugh out of it. And I have actually said this to multiple clients who are sitting in a negative mindset, which I totally get because my brain goes there too, right? But they're like, oh, I never follow through on anything. I never move forward. I never do anything for myself. Yes, you do because you're working with me. So that's an old story that's no longer helping you. And you listening to this podcast is a step forward. You could have just stopped listening or you could have just decided to listen to a podcast about the Real Housewives, but you didn't. You decided to listen to a podcast about you living your purpose, about you living your happiest, best life. You decided to spend time with me today and hopefully every week becoming the fierce, purposeful woman that you were born to be. And that tells me that you have hope for your future as well. So this client of mine had a bit of hope because she decided to work with me. And as we started working together, she started sharing that she had wanted to start a business for years. She had always dreamt of being an organizer for other people. She was so good at organizing, had this big dream, But she had convinced herself, nobody wants that. No one needs that. She thought, well, everybody's good at organizing. Um, Hello, no. I told her she she lived in the same state as me. She could come to my closets anytime. right? But that's what we often do. We often think that whatever our talent is, other people have the same talent. Or we, we belittle our talent and think, well, it's no big deal. But not everybody has organizing talent. Not everybody has art talent. Not everybody has singing talent. Not everybody has analytical talent. Not everybody has whatever your talent is. Management talent, coaching talent, speaking talent, numbers talent. We're each unique. And so she had this organizing talent and she had wanted to start a business, but she never had the courage. She always had a reason not to do it. And it was all fear, fear of rejection, fear of Failure that she would launch it and tell everybody she was launching this business and then she would get no clients and then she would have to put her tail between her legs and go back home, go back to bed, give up. And so she felt hopeless. But I said to her, even with everything you've been through, that you have been horribly sick, that you've had to file bankruptcy, that you lost your job, there's a little hope because you decided to work with me anyway. And there's a little hope because you're telling me now about a dream that you had. And so little by little, we started envisioning her dream. We started putting hope into action. And because hope is motivation plus strategies, we started looking at what are the strategies, what are the ideas you have for this business? 
So we started brainstorming all of her ideas and all of the ways that she could organize someone's life and all of the people who she could help and what it would look like and what a possible brand name could be and what a possible logo could be. And we just kept visualizing, visualizing ideas and ideas and strategies and strategies. And then she started to feel excited. She started to feel motivated. Yeah, she was still afraid, but she had her hope again. And her hope led her to start taking action, right? The hope that we cultivated together. And then, of course, having accountability, because then every week I would give her another assignment. She would either need to work on her logo or go talk to three friends who could use her organizing or go get testimonials from people whose lives she had organized. We moved her forward, moved her forward. So hope is the great igniter of action. Hope is the great igniter of goals. And hope is what is going to change this world. So a student of mine in my positive psychology class said to me, well, this is all nice, right? Hope is really great for those of us who have enough to eat and who aren't about to be burnt at the stake, right? We're not about to die. But what about if you're stranded on a raft in the middle of the ocean, right? Because he actually said to me, there are situations that are totally hopeless, totally hopeless, totally hopeless. I said, okay, give me one. And he said, you know, someone's stranded on a raft in the middle of the ocean. So I said, okay, Is the person going to sleep on the raft? Have they given up? Are they allowing themselves to just jump in the water or roll over in the water and die? And he said, no, they're they're like on the raft and, you know, wanting to live. And I said, well, then that's hope. He said, but there's no strategy. There's nothing that person can do. I said, actually, the way that this works is that if they're still hanging onto the raft, that shows that they have a tiny bit of motivation to stay alive. And if you have a tiny bit of motivation to stay alive, then your brain may just start thinking of strategies to stay alive. Like maybe I could start waving my arms. Maybe I could start swimming. And of course, this is a hypothetical situation. But he got it that no matter what is going on, we always can think of strategies. Dr. Chris Futner of CHOP, the Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania here in Philadelphia, was speaking to my graduate class about hope. And he said that he works with all of the doctors and nurses and staff in his unit on applying hope because his unit is palliative care for children. So children who are likely going to die. And he said, that he will work with the family and sit down with the family and say, what are you hoping for? And of course, their first hope is that their child will be cured. And with a lot of empathy and a lot of love, he says, I totally get it, of course. And if that is not possible, what else are you hoping for? And it might take him asking that question five, six, seven times. But eventually, the parents will start saying something like, I'm hoping that he can visit with his grandparents one more time. I'm hoping that she can be comfortable at home. I'm hoping that he will regain enough energy to go to Disney World. And the parent will give something, some bit of hope for how their child can live out the rest of their life, that the doctors and nurses and other people on staff can actually do something about. Because if it's Disney, they'll call Make-A-Wish. If it's resting at home, 
They'll figure out, can we get a bed? How can we do it? If it's seeing the grandparents, he can help them figure out how to do that. So he just needs there to be a tiny bit of hope for something. Soul Sisters and I were recently talking about how it's easy for us to think of hope because we live in this free country because none of us, thank God right now, have children who are dying. We're, you know, we live in a world and a country where we can march and we can speak our voice. And there are some women who are not as lucky. There are men who are not as lucky, right? There are children who are sold into slavery, who are married off at 15 to men in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, who are sold as sex slaves. And I can't even imagine what that's like. And of course, that would be a situation where you would lose hope. And then I read about Carla Jacinto, a 23-year-old woman who, by her own estimate, had been raped 43,200 times after falling into the hands of human traffickers. 43,000 times. She recalls how she was lured away as a child. She recalls how she was forced to have sex with 20 or 30 men a day. And she was saved because of a bust up of the trafficking ring. Thank the goddess. And she could, no one would blame her if she decided to just give up all hope on humanity. If she decided to just go to bed for the rest of her life. If she decided to just give up, I wouldn't blame her. She'd been through a lot. But that's not what Carla Jacinto did. Instead, she has become an outspoken advocate against human trafficking. She tells her story at conferences and events. She told her story to Pope Francis in July at the Vatican of 2017. She told her story to the U.S. Congress in May of 2017. She ignited hope. And her motivation is that no other girls have to suffer from this. That's her motivation. Right? And so no matter what we're going through, we can have motivation, agency, and strategies. And that is what hope gives us. So with this example, I have been thinking lately, what are my strategies to feel hopeful again about the country I live in, to feel hopeful again about humanity, to feel hopeful again about living in, this, in a just and equal world? And I remembered how I shifted out of that hopeless feeling from my miscarriage. And after a good month, six weeks, maybe eight of grieving and self-care, taking myself away into the Pocono Mountains for a few days of just healthy food and meditation and reading and relaxation, time with my friends who came to visit with me, seeing a therapist, all the stuff, all the grieving stuff, all the things. I then started looking at how am I thinking about the situation? How am I thinking about my life? And I realized that I was basing my life's worth. I was basing my happiness on whether or not I had that child. On whether or not I had that specific child. And that child was gone, right? That, there was a miscarriage. There was no child. In psychology, we talk about pessimistic thinking style and optimistic thinking style. And what that means is how do you respond to the events in your life? If you respond from a pessimistic place, then a negative, challenging, horrific, difficult event happens and you think, that's it, 
it's over. This is how it's always going to be. It always happens to me, right? Lots of generalizations that this situation is permanent in your life, that it's pervasive, it's going to take over and ruin your whole life, and that it's totally personal, right? That you stink. And that's how I was feeling about the miscarriage, right? That it's permanent, that I'll never be able to have a child, that it's pervasive, that this is going to ruin my whole life, and that it's personal. There's something wrong with me as a woman that this is happening, And so I study this stuff, I teach this stuff to you, and I still have to use it all the time. And so I started saying, what if I thought differently about this? What else is true? Which is one of my favorite questions in the whole world. What else is true? And I asked myself, what would it look like if I shifted to an optimistic thinking style? Optimistic thinking style says, this is temporary, not permanent. This pain is temporary. This situation is temporary. It doesn't mean I can never have a child again. It means I'm not going to have this child. Number two, that it's isolated and not pervasive. So I've lost this child. It doesn't mean I have to lose my whole life. I don't have to lose my marriage. I don't have to lose my happiness. And number three, it's not personal. It doesn't mean I did anything wrong. It means that there was either something off chromosomally, or there's a different soul that wants to come through, or who knows what. I had to read the book, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. And it was super helpful. So optimistic thinking. And you can do this with any situation in your life. You can look at it if it is the news that's getting you down and saying, is it permanent? Will it always be like this? No. Right? No matter what your political affiliation is, it goes back and forth all the time. Even the example of a child who is ill. It may be permanent that that child will pass away. But grieving doesn't have to be permanent. You can shift it to love and remembrance and honoring. Of course, after appropriate time. So we want to look and say, can I have an optimistic thinking style about this? Where I say that whatever the situation is, let's say you lose your job. A pessimistic thinking style would say, there are no jobs. That's it. The market is saturated. No jobs. Right? Number one, that it's totally permanent. I'll never get a job. Number two, that it's pervasive. Now I'm going to lose my mortgage. Now I'm going to lose my family. Now we're going to be living under a cardboard box. You know, whatever. And that it's personal. Either I suck or the company sucks. Totally get it if that's what you've been thinking if you've lost a job or someone you love has. But that's not going to help you. It's not going to help you move forward and have the life that you want. It's not going to help you live greatness. It's not going to help you live on purpose. It's not going to help you feel fabulous and alive like I want you to feel, like you deserve to feel. Instead, you want to have optimistic thinking style, which would say, okay, this is temporary. I lost this job right? There are other jobs. And just for proof of it, I can go on monster.com or Indeed or LinkedIn or a million other places. Number two, that it is isolated. This does not have to ruin the rest of my family. Even if we need that money and we need it now, I can find other ways to make money. I can go mow lawns. I can go garden. I can babysit. I can go on Craigslist and answer some ads. I can work at Burger King, right? It doesn't have to ruin my whole life. And number three is it's not necessarily personal, right? You might want to look, is there anything that you would do differently in the next job? But it's not necessarily personal. 
and then be thinking of all those things that are wonderful about you that you want to bring forward. And most of the time, what I see is that when something really difficult happens, like losing a job, it's often a ignition switch for our highest and greatest purpose, turning our pain into purpose. It happens so often that the biggest source of our pain becomes the greatest source of our purpose. And we do that by igniting our hope and optimistic thinking. And so what happened for me with the second miscarriage is that I started to say, what would it look like if I had optimistic thinking here? And then I started to say, what would it look like if I had hope? If I had hope, you know, what am I hoping for? What I'm hoping for is to make a huge impact on this world. What I'm hoping for is to inspire millions of women to live your best life, to know who you are, to live your purpose, to be happy. What I'm hoping for is to be a mother in whatever form that comes. And there are so many forms. Whether there's ever a baby or not, I mother. My clients tell me that I I am like the mother that they didn't have. Even if they had a great mother, I'm the encouraging, supportive mother. I hear it all the time. And so shifting, and so I started to look at how can I shift my life using hope, using optimistic thinking. And what started to come to me is I started to say, universe, show me. Show me what I am here to birth. Show me what I am here for. Show me how I can fulfill these great goals and dreams and desires and hopes that you've given me. And then all these ideas started flooding around the science of women's happiness. This podcast was birthed out of that. I had been feeling so depressed that I started researching again all of the statistics on women's depression and how it is so not equal, how twice as many women are depressed than men, how we are more depressed than women were 30 years ago, how all these statistics around women's depressions, women's body image, women being sold into sex trafficking, all of these statistics that just got me fired up to say no more. And then all of these ideas, a whole new idea for a book around shifting women into happiness, a whole idea for a class that I want to offer to you on the science of women's happiness, training women, training coaches, training therapists in the science of women's happiness, a movement where there will be a day dedicated for women around the globe to declare that they are worthy of happiness. All of these ideas started coming to me. And again, right? So all the strategies to reach my goals because of hope. And I started writing them all out and writing them in my journal and I'm working on them now. And this podcast was a first step. And I hope you take the second step with me. I hope you want to take a class on the science of women's happiness. I would love it if you want to learn the science of women's happiness, if you want to get certified in it and you want to teach it in your yoga classes or as a health coach or in your classroom with, you know, with kids in your own life. I would love it if you would join the movement as I start, as it starts really crystallizing in creating a a day for sisterhood around the globe. If any of that interests you, email me, please. That is what came from one of the worst moments of my life. And so last week when I was feeling hopeless about the news, I turned to that previous time just a few months ago to say, if I did it then, I can do it now. And so what am I hoping for here? How can I put optimistic thinking into effect? What strategies do I have? And what occurred to me is that 
I do have a platform for speaking my voice. What occurred to me is that I'm here to inspire and empower you to go speak your voice. What occurred to me is that I have a desire for every single woman on earth to stand in her power, to live her purpose. Because what came to me is that it's going to be women who change this world. The Dalai Lama said Western women are going to heal this world and it is absolutely true. Because as women, we're still the major caretakers of the home. We're still the major caretakers of children. We spend more money. We're the major consumers. We buy the most stuff. We're graduating universities at higher numbers, at least here in the United States, than men. So we really hold so much power. And can you imagine if every single one of us was choosing optimistic thinking right now about our lives? Was choosing to see our lives with hope? Can you imagine if every single one of us was envisioning a brighter future for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, for the world at large? Can you imagine if every single one of us believed that some of the ideas in our head were worthy? And I want to tell you this. Every idea you have is meant to come to fruition. We don't get dreams unless they're meant to come to fruition. So every desire that's in your heart is there because it's possible and because it wants to be birthed through you. And I'm telling you that you are not alone. You are here to live on purpose. You are here to live your purpose and someone somewhere needs you. Someone somewhere needs you and let that be agency, motivation for you to take whatever is the first step on your purpose path or your first step toward healing, toward growth, toward expanding. I believe in you and I know how scary it is living on purpose as a woman. Living on, living on purpose requires courage. It takes a lot of courage. Courage is energy of the heart and I know you have that. And that's why hope is so important. And so I want to leave you with these couple of purpose power tips. Number one, look at any area of your life where you have lost hope and ask yourself, what is it that you actually want there and why? Number two, write down your pessimistic thinking about the situation. Are you thinking of it as negatively permanent and negatively pervasive and negatively personal? And then shift it. Shifted into optimistic thinking, the opposite, that it's temporary, that it's isolated, and that it's not necessarily personal. And then number three, ask yourself, what's one thing you can do today? Because I realized that one thing I could do today was I could do this podcast on hope and optimism. So what's one thing you can do? Can you gather your friends? Can you write one sentence of your first book? Can you look online for an art class? Can you talk to your children about an issue that's important to you? Can you volunteer for a cause that's important to you? There is so much work to be done. One of my clients is a cat priestess. And there have been times that she said, oh, but it's not human and it's not changing the world. Oh, yes, it is. And she now will proudly tell you, I mean, she gathers up stray cats lovingly, 
lovingly takes care of them at the shelter and then adopts them out. And she's so brilliant at adopting these cats out so that they find wonderful homes. She's helping with the overpopulation. And she's helping these beautiful creatures, these, these animals, our brother, sister, kitties, find beautiful homes. And that is her part. So what is your part? And if you don't know, if you are like, I just don't even know where to start. I don't know anything about purpose. Call me. Email me. Let's connect. Join one of my Living on Purpose classes. Go to PurposeGirl.com. Sign up for the four-week Living on Purpose class. It will absolutely kickstart you, get you so clear about your own strengths, your own passions, your regrets, your story, your hopes, your desires, and taking action. And continue listening to the Purpose Girl podcast. If we want to start a revolution, we want to start a movement, share this with your friends who have lost hope. Share this with your friends who have lost optimism. And of course, be sure to find me on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhind, on Instagram, Karen Rockhind, C-A-R-I-N, R-O-C-K-I-N-D. And as always, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for spending this time with me. I know your time is precious. I so much appreciate you. If you liked this podcast, please, please, please rate it five stars. Give me a positive review. Like I said, share it with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast, download it. And together, let's let's really move forward in this movement for women to declare that we are deserving of happiness. We're deserving of our dreams, deserving a purpose. And that's how we're going to change this whole world. Heal the world and make it a world of love. With that, I thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.